This is Unclaimed Bands, show 131. Hey music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and joining me today are the Box Tones. Uh, welcome everybody, how y'all doing? Oh! Hey, Cool. So for everybody uh, that's listening to this, this is our, our, our biggest time difference. You guys are in Dubai, correct? Yeah, yeah. All 8 right. o'clock here. 8 o'clock p.m. I love it. If I could do these interviews any earlier, I, I don't know if I could have gotten up at 5 a.m. to do an interview uh, earlier with you guys. So I'm th- thank you for, for doing this this late your time. I appreciate it. Hey, you're taking one night of drinking away from us all. Oh, damn, I hate to do that. Well, if you ever get over right. here to the States, I'll buy you a bunch of drinks. I'll buy you a day's worth of drinking. Okay, I've said it. We'll I've meant it. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that the beer in the states is a little bit less strong than the beer in Europe. Is that true? You know, it's funny you say that. It's it's funny you say that. I went to Ireland back in two thousand one, and I I loved Guinness, and I was drinking Guinness left and right all day long, and I could not get drunk. And from what I understood, when when I got back, a friend of mine who lived over there said that. Apparently, they, they put more alcohol in the, the Guinness they serve in the United States because they're trying to compete with the beers. So, and that just might be for that. I don't know about everything else. What's the opposite then? There you go. Possibly. But maybe that's Guinness. It could, Guinness ju- could just be Guinness. Could just yeah. be Guinness. Yeah. We've been to New York a few times, and uh, what were we drinking in New York mostly? Jaeger? Yeah, you go with Jaeger. It wasn't really a beer. Yeah, yeah. It's. it's 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 kind of a staple beer around here. Uh, it's not quite. Thank God, it's not a light beer. But I, I you know, I know what you're talking about. It's not exactly. It's funny. Uh, back also around like 2006, you couldn't get yeah, uh, couldn't get that in. Uh, it couldn't get it up there in the uh, in New York for a while. There, they didn't have it. So, but apparently that's all changed. It's a staple here in Dubai. People think you know living out here is. Um, very dry and you know everyone has to be so well behaved and things but you find there are so many expats from all around the world that it's pretty 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 crazy (laughs) our gigs are yeah pretty crazy so so yeah I, I would imagine a lot of people think that you know it's like well you, you know you have to watch cursing and stuff like that I I guess a lot of people think oh well, you can't drink there and you can't do this there and, and stuff just all misconceptions that people have so absolutely it's such a cosmopolitan place especially Dubai um, and Bahrain where we were before and um, really I mean as long as you're respectful you don't you know there's no fights or anything like yeah, that you, gotta, they, you can do what you like really very respectful of the culture here you know you are living in a, another country and your guests get basically so you respect the rules and the laws and etc and you know, it is kind of a religious place to stay but at the same time like Louise said there's, there's a hell of a lot of uh, expats living out here from all over the world and uh, everyone has their own you know I, I totally agree with you my uh, my cousin spent some time over there for work and that's what he was telling me so I mean made, made me feel a lot a lot like, like, okay, like I wouldn't get in trouble accidentally, you know, if I was there myself. Because that's, that's usually how I get in trouble. <laughs> well, that, then I better watch myself. But uh, I'll tell you what, before we, uh, before we get any further, uh, can I just have you each introduce yourselves and tell us what you do in the band so everybody knows? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Gary. I, uh, I'm the band leader. I uh, play guitar, do some singing, and uh, write uh, some of the songs. 
And I'm Jill. I'm the drummer. Also. Also. <laughs> no, it, yeah, is it, I mean. I'm the, I'm the drummer in the Box Stones, and I'm also managing partner of the company we started as well, along with my brother Gary. Okay. There you go. Uh, I'm Will from uh, Winnipeg, Canada. Go Jets, go! I play keyboards. Um, uh, a lot of tattoos. <laughs> and he also has a uh, what would you call it? Bipolar story. Yeah, one minute. Yeah. Will doesn't doesn't speak for days and days, and then all of a sudden you get five days worth of talking in a one hour. <laughs> no one else can say anything. He's just like. Blah, blah, blah. And did you ever think about this? And I wonder where people, why people wear hats. And what do you think about yesterday? And do you like the color purple? We're all just like, what is happening? It might be the blueberry Red Bull I've been drinking. Blueberry Red Bull. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> um, I'm Louise. I'm the lead singer and founding member of the Boxwoods. Gary and Jill and I started eight years ago in Edinburgh. And uh, next we got. Uh, Patrick, bass player from Montreal. I tend to root for Boston because I'm fed up with the Canadians. So I like to piss everybody up back home by yelling go Boston in pubs so everybody gets annoyed. And yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's countless other things to say, but we don't have time. And Patrick loves cats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. Cats are good. Cats are good. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we... Um, now that we've done the introductions, why don't we let everybody listen to some of your music? Uh, what, what are we going to let them hear? This uh, first song is uh, the debut single from our album we just released not long ago. Uh, the album was called In the Pockets of Clowns, and the song uh, is a single called After All Is Said and Done. Alright, this is After All Is Said and Done.
That was after all is said and done by the Box Tones. Now, I love. I got to tell you right now, I, I bought the whole album. Love it. Uh, I think it's great. Um, I think it's very well rounded, and uh, it's it's very accessible to everybody. Um, the first thing I want to ask you though is the title "In the Pockets of Clowns." Can you give us a little backstory on that? Like, where did you come up with that title? Okay, me and we're up. We're trying to point to each other and figure out who's going to answer. Who's going to answer? <laughs> um, I guess. I guess really, I don't know, the, the idea came from something that I personally feel about the music industry. Um, I've been in it quite a while now, me and my sister both actually. I'm sure the rest of the guys have as well, but from a personal uh, viewpoint, me and my sister started a, a different original band way back when, and uh, we struggled quite a bit in the UK, uh, 
uh, Scotland and London, uh, like London to country, Scotland and England. And, uh, you know, we were just basically going against the, the main, trying to get the elusive record deal, or at least at uh, A&R interest, etc. And then, you know, we decided it's really cold where we live and uh, we're not making much money, um, so let's go abroad. And we decided to leave. And you kind of develop a, an angst against the pop culture a little bit. And I think because of that, the, the title draws from the idea that music as an art form is a lot more commercial nowadays than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So therefore, well, not, not used to be, but in a different way, it's much more blatantly obvious that no one, not very many people that are making money in music are actually that talented. And so therefore, the title kind of draws towards the idea that the money is not going into the pockets of the artists, it's going into the PR guys, the you know, the Simon Cowles of the world, the, the clowns. That was the idea of that. The idea that the whole music industry is a bit of a circus. Oh, I would agree. I, I would definitely agree with that. I think that there's a, a lot of prepackaged, um, pre-mediated uh, stuff that uh, really, if they if they tried to stand on their own or do an acoustic set, it just wouldn't work at all. Uh, you know, sadly. Uh, yeah. You know, not to mention. It's depressing, uh, really, isn't it? <laughs> I think we're all going to cry now. It's pretty depressing. <laughs> well, you know, I I don't because there are bands like yours, okay, that uh, that, that give me hope. Seriously. <laughs> I mean that sincerely. I'm not just playing sappy or nothing, but there are a lot of really good bands out there. It's just it's just a shame that um, there's a big media money machine behind it all. And uh, you know, I, I feel that a lot of people wouldn't recognize good music if it came up and like really bit them on the ass. There's just no way in the world. Yeah. Um, That's the good thing about stuff like you know what you're doing as well. Like you know, giving a voice to these bands that that are unnoticed. Well, I do it selfishly because I enjoy it so much and I enjoy the music uh, that I just really wanted to force that upon the world and say, here, look at this, listen to this. <laughs> Good job, keep so going. Keep it's, going. it's not very altruistic at all, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you said that when you um, that you started, you had a your former band, you guys formed the Box Stones in 2007, So, uh, and that was a trio, but how did you get from there, how did it go? Uh, we actually we left the UK. We were living in Edinburgh, and our first gig was in Bahrain in a five-star hotel. We started doing contracts um, as a four-piece at the time. Uh, we started doing three out here. They do a lot of three-month and six-month contracts in like a British pub in a, in a hotel. So that's how we started. And uh, from there, we just went through a bunch of lineup changes and doing the contract work took us all over the world. We've been to Macau. We've been to Dubai multiple times, back to the UK for gigs, Bahrain, Dubai, Hong Kong. So that was just through doing contract work, which is pretty much playing covers for six nights a week. So you get really good at your skills, but you're playing pretty shitty music. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but yeah, I mean, we've met so many people with so many contacts just through that line of work. And uh, that's obviously how we ended up in Dubai. And then in February 2013, we decided to start our own company and go independent. Yeah, I wanted to... Think getting out, what's that? Getting out of that. I was just going to say, I think getting out of that mind frame, you know, you have so many bands, us included, in the past, you get stuck doing that same circuit of local bars and clubs and trying to struggle to get a tour and do whatever, you know, and, and, and you're all battling amongst everyone else and, you know... It, Everyone you know, because obviously you're a musician, you're hanging out with other musicians, you're all doing the same thing and you kind of stuck under this umbrella and I think 
getting out and coming out to the Middle East kind of let us take perspective a bit and just kind of look at it differently. And although we were doing covers in a hotel six nights a week, we managed to kind of just tighten ourselves as a band and then start thinking, right, okay, well, where do we want to go from here? Because what's going to happen? You know, the years are rolling on. We want to like write our own stuff and be creative and do all the things that you want to do as a band and why you get into music and, and playing music. So yeah, I think sometimes taking yourself out of a kind of, we were just going along a process, like, you know, and not trying to get out of it. We were just going with the crowd, trying to do what everyone else was doing. And out here kind of helped a bit just to back up and take a bit of stock. Well, you know, I was going to say a lot of bands that, that that start as originals that do covers to supplement, you know, uh, to pay, to you know, to keep things going, uh, because you know, God knows they don't pay original bands the same way they pay cover bands. Um, not a lot of them, you know, go back into originals the way that you you guys have done. So I find that very unique, and, and I'm certainly glad that you did. But did you did I mean like when you decided to do that, go from doing the doing the circuits, doing the contracts. And you know, playing other people's music, going into playing, um, you know, original music, your own stuff, writing it, and all that. Did you did you guys find that process difficult for you know from writing after playing, you know, what what your corporate boasts like something like four hundred songs that you can you can play in your repertoire? I think, in all honesty, what really sparked it was the new guys. We we uh, got the Canadian contingent into the band. That really sort of spurred that. A growth pattern for us that said we really want to push this band a lot further than previously. Uh, we attempted to do it with a, another, another lineup a few years back, but the musical uh, tastes, if you play covers, you don't have to have the same influences, you know, you all the same. But, uh, the, the musical taste back then, we wrote a, another album uh, with that lineup, and, and not, I think one of those songs made it across and a new version of it to this new uh, record that we just put out. So with, uh, with Pat and Will joined the band and our musical tastes all kind of came together a bit more. I'm not to say that we're all from the same background, but it's all roughly the same. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, we got really, we just put our heads down almost straight away and uh, went over a lot of old material that I'd written with my other band uh, way back when. Then we took it, we adapted it, we wrote a couple of new songs to go onto the album. It used eyes, if that's even a word, a song, it is now. Uh, we made an acoustic version of a song we previously got. You know, you, you just, we just banged our heads together and came up with songs that were all really quite shocking. Because we all, we all had the same idea. Like, we knew we were going to start a company, we knew we were going to not be employed by anyone but ourselves. So we had the motivation to do not only a, a corporate band, I guess, but also an original band as well. One to fund the other, so at the moment we have to do them both. We're doing both, we're doing both well. Dubai is not a cheap place to live, so uh, someone's got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about Boxtone FZE, your corporate side. Um, that's tell me about that. I mean, like I know a lot of bands, like I said, play will, will play covers and stuff like that in order to pay the bills, but you guys made it a corporate side. Uh, what was the, I mean, how did you get inspired to do that? Because I, honestly, I can't get bands to even do an LLC under their name so they can write off, like, equipment. You know what I mean? It was more out of frustration, you really. You can't live because... here without it. You, yeah. cannot, you can't actually live in the Middle East without residence visa. Mm. So the way to get a residence visa is to start a company, and then you become your own sponsor. 
So there, therefore, we, we operate out of a free zone, they call it, which basically means that anyone from around the world can come to Dubai, invest money and start a business for themselves. Uh, but as long as it fits within a guideline that they approve, then you're basically able to exist here tax-free and uh, you know sell your, sell your trade, if you like. So we acquire a company in order for our bank to exist here. But the thing as well is, you know, when we were in contract doing six nights a week, working for a hotel, you're basically under salary. I mean, it's great. They pay your accommodation, you get your meals in the hotel, you can use the facilities at the hotel, and you work every night, you know, so, it's, and you get your salary. But if we were on nights off, we would be asked by people who came into the bar, they'd say, oh, you guys are great band. Can you come and play at this event for me? Or can you come and play at the Navy base for the soldiers? Or can you do this? And if we could, if we were free, we would go and do it. And a lot of these corporate gigs, we couldn't believe the money that we were getting for it. So we were like, why are we, you know, working so hard six nights a week in a small bar somewhere where some nights people just want to come in for a quiet drink and they're not even listening to you. You know, you're up there working hard. Or why don't we just work less but do more you know, bigger corporate events or, um, you know, different kinds of functions, music festivals and stuff. The work's more varied and the money's better and it gives us more scope to meet new people and get out and network and work on more time obviously to work on the original side so starting the company kind of really facilitated that that next move for us that's that's wild that's incredible you guys were able to do that and you use words like facilitated that's, <laughs> that's the, a real word that's a real word criticized is a real word Gary will make up lots of words during this conversation it's one of the things he does very creative. Well, that's cool. I'm always willing to expand the vocabulary of myself and everybody listening. So, uh, please. We still use the letter U in some things as well, you know. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask too. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys entered and won the Rolling Stone magazine Street Stage in 2013, and you, you know, and um, what, did, when you entered that, uh, did you have? I mean, did you think that you were gonna? I mean, what was that like, winning that? Because especially with all the bands that had applied for it. Well, it was amazing. Like, um, to start from the beginning, we won that. We, <laughs> that happened? That's what I read. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, well, uh, as you may know, uh, there's the one month of the year, Ramadan, where there's no entertainment allowed in the Middle East mm -hmm. uh, for like, religious reasons. So usually we will go back to our, our home countries or on a little holiday. Uh, so, but that, what happened uh, that past year, but the year before, before this Rolling Stone competition started, we had entered uh, and we got approved to, out of 2,000 acts to enter this competition. So as soon as we came back from Ramadan, from our vacations, we uh, immediately started working on uh, providing videos with songs. Because each week you were submitted, submitting a, a finished video to go with your song, and then fans voted from uh, all over the region every week so uh, there was a process of elimination so one week you enter your video and your song if you made it to the next round great if you didn't better luck next year yeah, you had to check the website didn't you yeah, if, you were, if you were great out you were gone you didn't you yeah, were yeah, check. so this process went on for about five or six weeks so uh, there would be about a two day window from the day you made it to the next to the next submission so you have uh, two days to basically have your concept drawn out uh, film it, edit it with your song that's a finished product, and then submit that, and then get your fans to vote. Okay, nothing at that point. We had songs we'd been working on, but there was no final product <laughs> at, the, at that point. Well, we had five heads put together. <laughs> but we had five heads. Yeah, so 
it was nonstop work for, those, for that period of time leading up to the final where we made it to the final with uh, an artist from Abu Dhabi from here and as well as a band from uh, Lebanon. Jordan. So there's four bands. Wow, that's incredible. Oh. Anyway, so yeah, then we had the final here in Dubai at the Hard Rock uh, Cafe, uh, Dubai Festival City. It's like three acts, wasn't it, in the final? Yeah, and we had uh, everybody uh, came out uh, from all the places we've been playing under contract work over the years. Came out, supported us, made uh, banners, wore t shirts, bought merchandise in the works. Stream after every song and uh, a lot of yeah. Judges. I think the judges were scared not to give it to us yeah. because they were so noisy. Yeah. I think they thought they were going to get lynched. But it was funny, wasn't it? Because the the last week, remember, they said um, we got an email saying, guys, I don't know if this was just you know to give you a fright or whatever, but they were like, uh, with the top three bands are these three bands, and uh, you've still got two days left of voting, but the top three bands we weren't included in it at that point. So they needed three for the, the live final. So we were like, oh my God, we're not in it. We've got to work hard. So we like, the last video, we really struggled. We were like, what, what can we do this time? It needs to be creative. And if anyone wants to check out the, the videos for that, you can find them on our YouTube. Um, and one of them is Circusarium. The other one was Run, we did UFO, and Plug Me Into You. And the last one was Plug Me Into You. And we're a bit shrewd about that one because we wanted more votes. So. We asked all our fans to take their phones and the, or whatever video recording thing they have and film themselves singing a line of that song and then we pieced it all together for the final video. So we had lots of cameos from all our fans in, in that last video, so that was quite all fun. The world. Yeah. Yeah, it was from all across the world. It was similar to the idea of what uh, Nickelback did with the uh, Rockstar. Instead of being in the video, you had all your fans being in the video. Gotcha. Yeah, I saw, I saw the video. It's incredible. As young as my, my young niece, my sister had a baby a couple years ago, so she was a baby a month old featured in the video, to Gary and Jill's grand, who was <laughs> eight to something. So we had quite the demographic age of From Winnipeg to Australia. From Winnipeg to Australia, all of them, yeah. Heard the internet. But it was good because what that did was people then were so excited to be in the video that they shared it with their friends and they said, could you vote? So we boosted our votes quite a lot. We were, we were getting our marketing hats on for that one. That, that yeah, so was a great idea. Final, What's that? In the end, in the final, it was a great performance. Everybody loved us. We came back for an encore after winning. Uh, they gave us a trophy, which was a, a guitar. Uh, got mentorship, mentorship from Sony Music. Uh, got a recording session with the SAE Institute down here in Dubai. Uh, plus, 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 all these other great uh, things. And it's really uh, propelled us forward in the original side. And our coverage also, we, we had a four-page spread in uh, Rolling Stones magazine that really looked awesome. And I think that might have been instrumental in a few movers around town to start paying attention and going like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah this might uh, be a thing to look at. The, that double-page uh, picture as well that was taken by a photographer here, Kalki um, Pays, um, was also one of the first where uh, we started really improving on the image as well, and people really started noticing that, wow, this really looks like a, a proper rock band. Well, you, you guys definitely do. And, and you not only look like it, but you also sound like it. That's an incredible story to how you won that, and, and the video, that was that was uh, just genius. I, didn't, I saw the videos, 
and we'll talk about them a little bit later on. But um, I didn't realize that was uh, your last one that you submitted for. That's just that's just great to get the, all those votes and get people interested that way. We felt like we'd come up with some good concepts. I mean, a lot of the videos were just people playing guitars, you know, close-ups of the guitar and then on the beach with the Virgil Arabine. Yeah, and then close-ups of them singing and moody lighting and stuff, and we wanted to stand out, so we tried to be, you know, I think you probably saw one where we had puppet bodies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used our heads. So we, when it got to the last one, we were kind of out of the ideas, but, um, yeah, it kind of just came. We're out of ideas, we were out of time. Yeah. That's the problem, you had to do a, a video a week, and we were, like, every day from 8 till midnight, sketching, storyboarding, and then shooting, and then... I spent three days editing it all in Final Cut and then, you know, you're just literally waiting for the email to come through. Five o'clock deadline on a Wednesday, I got it there by 4.30 and they're like, right, 14 finishes at 8. So you're like, shit, and they're just done so, so fast and so much pressure. And I think because of that pressure, we all worked really well together as a band, not just with the videos, but with the, the music and the editing and all that. It really did sort of show that you can do that under a lot of pressure. And, and that, it was stiff competition, I think, yeah. the whole way through, so I don't think... Like originally asked, did we expect to win? We, we probably didn't. No. <laughs> I think even that we got video no, footage no. of the moment that we were announced at Hard Rock, and our faces like none of us expected it to happen. And like I said, because it was such stiff competition all the way, like right to the end, it was a surprise even to us. So. Their mom cried. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that just means it's a well-deserved win. That's all. Um, Tell you what, why don't we take a pause and let everybody listen to another song? Uh, what are we going to let them hear this time? This is a, this one is kind of a, it's a, a, you wrote this song for a major sporting event, and uh, at the moment it's under consideration, so never got the final approval yet. But it's the first song we wrote that uh, isn't necessarily something that we would write for ourselves, as most bands do, or even for the fans. It was or uh, wanted to be uh, uh, some national coverage uh, in the region and we tied it to a, a sport event here which they would pick it up. We're still waiting on word on that, but um, regardless, we're still going to try and, you know, it's a very sports anthemic. We're going to try and use it up here, maybe selling it on to somewhere else, but essentially, um, yeah. Maybe Philadelphia. Okay, this I is keep, he's saying that for my benefit because I keep saying against all odds. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I keep saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Phil, if you're listening, it's not your song, okay? Oh, sorry, Phil. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with your song, but it's not your song, Phil. <laughs> okay, this is Against the Odds. Stand up cause we gotta learn to walk before we ever can learn to fly 
Against the Odds by the Box Tones. All right, where is the best place for everybody to keep um, keep up current with what's going on with your band? Where, where should they go? Website, whatever? Tell us. Uh, well, our website, obviously, is the uh, is where the latest news is always posted. Um, www.boxtonesband.com With an S, obviously. Uh, also, our social media, uh, especially our Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, I think, Instagram. Those are the ones that are the most, uh, in terms of announcing future shows and what's up with us, I think those are the more um, appropriate. However, there's plenty of other social media, even Pinterest, uh, that's one we're on. So. We obviously have to give a big shout out to Reverb Nation, uh, because <laughs> this is how we're speaking right now. But um, they've been instrumental in a lot of things for us. They are a really good site. And what Will was talking to me earlier about is one thing that a lot of places don't do. They actually collect your social media followers and put them all in one place. So you can essentially, it's like a portal to YouTube, to Facebook, to our website. You can put it all in one place. 
still kind of developing our own side right now, so it's not quite finished yet because we've been so busy being a band and then being a business, it's very difficult to have it all at the same time. But um, like Pat said, we've got lots of uh, lots of uh, social media sites that we're on. Um, as they say, it's better to be on all of them than none of them. But Reverb Nation obviously is one of the one of the good ones. All right, everybody out there who's listening, after you're done this interview, go to the site, check out more for the band. Uh, you know. Just don't rely on this because there's a lot more information out there. And I definitely recommend reading the uh, the article from Rolling Stone. Um, it's, it's a great article. Uh, and if anybody's interested in the, on the website too, you can also uh, see about booking the corporate side of the band if you wish to. Just anybody who's out there interested, got an event coming up or something else like that. Even in the U.S., we're, we're still uh, interested at some point in getting a U.S. tour going. Uh, we, we've even done some wedding abroad. We had some inquiries as far as Japan for weddings. We've done one in uh, Scotland recently. So, I mean, anything's possible. So anybody who's got a project, they're welcome to get in touch with us. Who knows what come up? Come hey, on. I would I would love to see you guys over here in the United States. So, I, I'm pulling for all Definitely that. Definitely give you a call if you need to pour. Oh, please do. I, tra I travel well here, so. Try that, Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you can get drunk over here on the Guinness that you can't get drunk over there. There we go. Yeah, let, let's have a stop in the UK and grab a crate from over there and then bring it back and compare both side by side. That's I'm, I'm up for that. I, I'm up for all day testing like that. I think that something empirical like that should be done. You know, let's, let's define it once and for all. We actually, when we were based in Bahrain, we were doing a weekly brunch on Fridays um, at one of the hotels we worked at. And Bahrain is actually home to one of the largest naval bases in the Gulf. So about 80% of our patrons on a weekly basis were all American. And uh, we played on the base there multiple times. And since we've come to Dubai, we've done some massive shows for some of the biggest aircraft carriers in the American fleet. So we've actually sent merchandise to the States for fans of ours from here. <laughs> cool. So people, people that, that means you can get stuff too. You order it on the site, you can get it sent They're always asking, when are you guys all coming over? Yeah. Well, well, when you know when we like a band, we, we want to see them. So it's to be expected from from everybody over here. Uh, at least the, you know the true true music fans. That is. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, hey, what's if, this one's for each one of you? What's the first record you remember buying? Uh, I remember having a double cassette of Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. Okay. I remember the double, the double, double cassette of my old Ghetto Blaster. <laughs> double cassette. Oh my god. I remember having a seven-inch of Adamant Stand and Deliver. <laughs> Show your age. Show your I, age. I think I was about four. I don't even know how I had it. The Beatles White Album, Rolling Stones first record. Anybody else? Mongo, Mongo, Mongo Jerry. Mine would be uh, uh, probably uh, Judas Priest Painkiller. Okay. I'm a big metalhead, uh, starting from like the 80s, but uh, 90s and 2000s, uh, did a lot of metal work, uh, all a lot of it. A lot of it now is pretty obscure of stuff that I used to listen to. But I'd say, yeah, Judas Priest was the first for me. I'd go with uh, Rand Sid's Outcome the Wolves. It was not even an album that I bought. It was a tape, like that somebody had recorded on. Uh, 
Oh, really? Like one of those virgin tape you would buy, and somebody put that on a tape, and here, listen to that. I'm going to have to say uh, there's two. The most notable album I remember buying, we put on the first one, was Vitalogy. Pearl Jam's third album, I think it was. I queued up outside HMB in the rain to buy that. It was a huge thing in the UK when they first released that. Uh, right after Versus of 10. But I think the, one of the first records or singles I bought was a cassette. It was LL Cool J's Mama. Saudi Arabia and Stallion Records. And Stallion Records wasn't a record label or an agency at that time. They basically made plastic cases and they copied tapes, put them in the cases and sold them in shops because there's no copyright protection in Saudi Arabia. So they, they essentially sold mixtapes for money. Just and then it was like the biggest piracy campaign in the world and you know, because it's Saudi they can't no one do anything about it. <laughs> That's wild. Boy George. Boy George, yeah. What's that about Boy George? Don't worry. Nothing. Okay. Hey, there's no judgment. No judgments. <laughs> what about you? What was your first record? My first record? Uh, the Game. Queen. Oh, yeah. o- on vinyl. Brand new. Wow. So, yeah. Showing my age. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask, uh, go a little bit more about the music videos because of the pressure to make them, and as well well done as I think they are, and inventive. Okay, I mean you go from doing the the animation with the puppet heads to doing the the full animation for uh, UFO. Um, does does who has the background in animation? Uh, me. Okay. Gary. Gary. Okay. No, no, I knew it was you, Gary. You were just more like me. Right. <laughs> was is yeah, that something yeah, that you? Yeah. Yeah, can you go into that a little bit? Before I was a musician, I was a graphic designer. Um, I did that in college, and then uh, I got really bored with it. I used, to, I used to also play keyboards, and I got bored with that, moved to the guitar when I was about 20. And then uh, from then, that's, that's basically it. But I've always kind of, I don't know, held on a little bit of the old art and all that. I did art school in about nine colleges back in the UK, quite every one of them. Uh, I never finished my degree, but um, I loved making art and computers and things like that. I came to Bahrain, did some more work for a company. It was boring as hell. I was drawing uh, well, like schematics for custom uh, microchip boards. So you basically was drawing circles and squares all day. And then you were sending them off to a company in Saudi and they were making millions off of drawings. And, you know, the big architectural, with the borders and all that shit. I was totally sick of it all and quit the whole thing to start music with it. But uh, that's, where, that's where the art comes from. And I, I kind of... Download, downloading, I say buying, not downloading, buying uh, all the Apple products and Final Cut and all this. I do all the audio for the album as well, mix the, uh, mix the record. Yeah, you, got, you guys do everything for, for yourselves. You don't have anybody else come in and, and work on it. You don't have any external producers or anything, right? Very few people, yeah. Very, very few people help us. We do have one guy here who did, uh, every, every, he's a mastering engineer, mastered all of our, uh, the album and the single. Because you, you have the one guy. Just one guy. That's all you need. But I think. I the think. Guys, is, what's that? The trick is to really not rely on anybody else. If you want to get, to get something done, you're going to do it yourself. Um, and we're very goal oriented. Set our, our uh, especially goals, this part. Especially this part of the world. We set them pretty high, but they are reachable, and we're seeing that it's working. 
Well, I think you guys are doing a great job of it. I, I know of a couple other bands, just a few others that are, are totally uh, DIY like that, and uh, and you know some of them some of them don't do it very well. But you guys seem to be, especially when I found that out, I would have I would have never guessed, to be quite honest with you, that it wasn't something that you had. DIY or DIY. DIY, do it. I thought it was DIY, do it yourself. Oh yeah, whatever. I'm horrible with acronyms and and the English language, so. Well, looking at our uh, at our iTunes sales, we see obviously which city is it iTunes or City Beauty? One of which we see the uh, cities uh, or from which the sale has been uh, uh, processed, and it came to to us quite as a shock to see that we had fans apparently in Italy and New Zealand and Germany and. Yeah, it's very interesting. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is get get as large as we can get, basically. And to see that already one year after, a year and a half now after having started a company and started doing the original work, we're all we already got a presence abroad. Your show is is a, a perfect example of that. We're starting to be able to get out there in, in this big wide world, and that's quite. Uh, Great, good sign for us. Yeah. Well, I'm just yeah. happy that we can have you. Yeah. So cheers for that. <laughs> so, are you guys working on any uh, any new records or a new record? Since you, you said you have a, you know you're giving us this one song. One album. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we're done. We're retired. Go out on top, right? Will is going solo, so with his guitar, uh, like he's up, you know, Joe Perry, all these guys have all done it, yeah. so uh, that's his thing. Yeah, he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> you Imagine Dragons, do the keyboard player. Yeah. Ah, there you go. We're endorsed by Sure. Now, we've got, uh, we've got our target set probably, I would say, March next year. I get another record. We try and do one every between. Try and do it every spring, late spring, early summer, try and do a record in Europe if we can. We just penned down about five ideas for some new songs and uh, some suggestions for some old songs to be redone. So I would say the next album is going to be a lot more rockier than this one, based on the kind of stuff we're doing. Um, I'll, I'll put a few less acoustic songs on this one. Um, try to be more in the feel of what we want as opposed to what we think everyone else wants. First, the first album is always your try and tease as many people as you can, so I'd like to see how well you're in the seat. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we'll try and gain more for personal domination. <laughs> well, at least you have a goal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just world domination. It's just a small goal. Just a small goal. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Now, do you guys have any uh, any, any any shows coming up you want to tell everybody about? Uh, bunch of shows coming up, some really exciting stuff. We've got, um... Are you in the other room? <laughs> we've got a whole bunch she, of stuff. Just went to the toilet. Um, we've got, first thing we've got coming up is Golf Bike Week, which is uh, sponsored by Discovery Channel. That's huge. There's going to be two stages, 15 bands, and um, lots of stunts going off and the bike parade. That's pretty... Um, awesome gig, we did it last year as well, a really good crowd, obviously it's a rock crowd, it's all the bikers and just really fun, a big outdoor event and that's at the end of October 30th until the 1st of November and then we've got Beats on the Beach at F1 in Abu Dhabi, so we're going to be playing at F1 
and um, that's another huge event over here and that's uh, on November 21st so we're really looking forward to that one we've been trying to get um, involved with F1 for a while that's, that's through uh, Red Bull and uh, Flash Entertainment. Flash Entertainment, the guys that are bringing uh, Pharrell Williams and, uh, and the Rolling Stones and, uh, out. And the And then we also got one of the biggest calendar events here in Dubai is the Dubai Rugby Sevens, uh, sponsored by <laughs> sponsored by Emirates Airline. And um, so we're going to be uh, the headlining band on that. We're going to play for the players and the VIP party and we're also going to do on the pitch on the Friday. Um, and we've got a tour Friday for the... Friday the 5th of December. I did the set dates on the first two. And we also will be doing a tour in uh, early next year in five different cities in India with Hard Rock Cafe and a BBC radio tour of the UK as well, the universities. Yeah, we're pretty busy. We've South got Africa. Really packed. South Almost uh, done the deal on uh, going out to do a music festival in South Africa as well. So, yeah, a lot coming on. And hopefully the US and Canada at some point as well. US and Canada at some point. As Gary said, world domination. Yeah. We're, <laughs> I think both me and Gary are had in risk player, or at least I am. So yeah, we think in terms of like troop movement and pincer movement and grab a hold of the whole map. Well, you guys have really, uh, really laid it out. It's uh, besides being busy, you've got this world domination thing planned out. This is good. And a lot of people don't. They say uh, that, but they don't formulate a plan. That's just, this is uh, really proactive. And we didn't tell you. We didn't tell you that Patrick likes cats. So all we need is a spinning computer chair, and he's made. <laughs> yeah, definitely super villain material. <laughs> got the cat. We just got to get you the chair now. Okay. <laughs> Right. The glove, the leather, the one leather glove to stroke the cat. You know, I mean, a lot of bands they do talk about it. They do say we did, we did this before, way back in the UK. We said, you know, we'd leave Glasgow, we'd go to Edinburgh, from Edinburgh, we'd go to Manchester, Manchester, Newcastle, Newcastle, London. You know, you say that, and that's that's your whole world nowadays. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the late But nowadays, it's it's easy. What's well, easier? You can just say, you know, I'm going to India. I'm. We're in the Middle East, it's not far, it doesn't cost you a lot of money. So, we're in a great location right now where you can really just get to play a lot of countries and a lot of places will have you, so why the hell not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I could you just clarif- clarify what the mid-2000s are? Mid-2000s, <laughs> is anywhere between 1999 and 2001. Nice. <laughs> Cool. Uh, well, before we wrap everything up here, is there anything you want to say to all your fans out there? Thank you for listening and keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> that tagline. <laughs> um, God, the opportunity is amazing. You know, thanks very much for having us uh, on the show. We were like, obviously, you can you can probably tell we were like talking about ourselves. Um, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's a tough dog eat dog world, I guess. And it's, you've got to you've got to you've got to live with the times, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got any more slogans from late 90s TV shows that I can splash on them. I'm going to scatty chill out. Anybody going to throw in a just do it? or? <laughs> it's a great opportunity to be on the show, and obviously, you know, um, we'd like to come back at some point. Anyway. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'd definitely like to have you guys back. Um, I want to thank 
each and every one of you, uh, Patrick, Louise, Gary, Jill, Will, thank you all for taking time to, to do this interview with me. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our fans are going to appreciate it too. And hopefully we can get you some new ones from the, the people who haven't heard you yet. Um, certainly it will be for me anyway. I'll definitely be talking to you guys up. Um, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, Sean. You know, and I hope, hope we can get you over here to the States sometime soon. Uh, you know, next that summer. That would be great. Uh, definitely love to see you guys. Um, <laughs> hey, I trust me. The moment you tell me, I'll, I'll put it right in. Rearrange the schedule if I have to. But uh, uh, everybody out there, this is uh, my guests have been the Box Tones. Uh, go check them out. Go to the website. Uh, go download their music. Go buy the music. If you get a chance to see them, go see them and then go buy the music at the show. That's really. Uh, some of the best ways to, to get your music is uh, through the artist. I'm on iTunes. Right. I'm on it, iTunes yep. If you can't do that, go to iTunes. That's the way I bought the album because I'm not over there with those guys right now. Um, but uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely a good buy there. Trust me, I loved every song on the uh, the record. It was really uh, really good. Now sometimes you get that that record where it's like, oh, these six are great. These three are kind of eh, whatever. But uh, no, this is a, this is a solid record all the way through, and I, I really recommend it to everybody out there. There's, I guarantee people listening, you will find something on there you like. Uh, thank you. Oh, no, no. That's a great reference. I'm, I'm serious about that. I don't, I don't give those away lightly, those references. And I don't bullshit people either. But um, I really, really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks to Reverb Nation as well for making this possible. And um, everybody, this is uh, Sean from Unclaimed Bands. Make sure you check out other, uh, other shows we do and other, other bands we bring you, just like this band. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.